The Athletic. Race is on, and the big talking point in the Singapore Grand Prix paddock is that two teams, believed to be Red Bull and Aston Martin, have been found to be in breach of the cost cap based on 2021. But what does that mean? What are the potential punishments and what are the implications for cost control in F1? I'm Ed Straw, and joining us to answer those questions and more are Scott Mitchell-Malm and Mark Hughes. Well, Scott, it's the middle of the night here in Singapore, so we'll get straight into it. Can you start off by laying out the fundamentals of this cost cap breach story? Yeah. So um, as I suspect a large portion, if not everyone listening, um, will know, obviously F1 introduced the budget cap for, for 2021. Um, it was the first ever uh, cost cap in 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 that form in, in Formula One. And we're basically getting to the point now where the, um, the accounts for 2021 have finally been all submitted to the FIA and they're finalizing their um, process of reviewing those accounts and making sure everyone was within the limit. And when they do that, they then issue a certification. So either you were or you weren't within the limit. And there are penalties, undefined penalties for, for breaching the limit with a basically two tier penalty system if you're less than 5% of the budget cap value under it, it's a minor breach. If you're more, if you're 5% or more, then it, it's a uh, material breach, I think they call it. Um, and all that does is just unlock effectively a couple of more severe punishment options if you have a majority breach. So we're at the end of that process now. And as we're at the end of that process with the FIA, I believe, having informed the teams that on the, I think it's the 5th of October, so next week as you listen to this, they will get their um, certifications and the uh, the rumour in the paddock, which has emerged today, is that two teams are expected to be announced by the FAA to be over the budget cap, one by a small amount, one by a larger amount. And we believe those teams to be Red Bull and Aston Martin, that they have been named in the paddock. Um, every, it's an open secret, effectively, within the paddock that two teams have breached it, and to different degrees uh, as well. One effectively amounting to a procedural breach just a little bit of mismanagement slightly over the 145 the other which is Red Bull is said to be over by uh, several millions basically so that's sort of the, the 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 basics to it Red Bull has unsurprisingly refuted this as speculation they've submitted they've they've, they've given the FIA their submission they're, they're happy that the submission is under the cost cap obviously what they submit may well be under the cost cap whether the FIA is happy that that was their actual spending in 2021 is another matter entirely so those are the sort of basic details of the story as we sit here now and record it and we should note the FIA said nothing officially beyond saying it's currently finalizing the assessment of the 21 financial data and they've said that alleged breaches of the financial regulations if any will be dealt with according to the formal process set out in the regulations which is not saying a great deal but Mark Hughes to bring you in why does this matter well it matters in if if you're going to make the cost cap work it's got to be i mean the three sets of regulations now the, the the technical and the sporting which has always been and now there's the financial so um how seriously you take the the the, the breach defines how whether the, the the system will will work at all and so it's a tricky situation because it's not yet clear exactly how you are allowed to structure and how you can lay costs off in some places and not others and the teams are structured in different ways. And so there's an awful lot of, um, uh, well, you just said, I guess it's just 
negotiation really um, with how the Formula One and and the auditors who are acting for Formula One um, want this to be imposed. And it's uh, a little bit of a a niggly situation because on the one hand, um, nobody wants to see and and nobody seriously expects that... um, the, the 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 maximum penalty, which which can go all the way up in in theory, can go all the way up to exclusion from the championship and, and loss of points and all that. But nobody seriously expects or wants anything like that to happen. Um, but at the same time, uh, those teams which are have complied and and are judged to have um, breached the, the the cap are now saying, well, that's an unfair advantage to those guys, and that's a you know, um, the the sums we're talking about is rumored to be seven million seven million pounds, and that's you know that 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 could be a it, 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 that could be a whole you know aero um, development um, for, for for the season, or it could be you know a staff of of, of you know seventy seventy people that um, the, the other teams have have not had to cull, or well that have had had to cull from their workforce that the this team hasn't. That's there's lots of ways of looking at it. Um, so no matter how the FIA and Formula One together deal with this, there's going to be a lot of niggly um, arguments after and a lot of uh, unhappy parties. So um, yeah, I think there will be penalties. Um, I think the toing and froing is probably both sides trying to sort of make sure that it's um it, it, it can be presented in a way that's um the the punishment let's say is not draconian um but with the understanding and that it's going forward uh, that 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 it has been clarified and so yeah, it's gonna. It it it's not. It's not gonna be a nice, clean solution. But um, I don't think anybody seriously expects that the outcome of the the twenty one championship is gonna be altered or anything like that. Yeah, the way the um the way the minor and the material breaches work in terms of the the, the potential penalties that Mark talked about and I hinted at before, you effectively have a a range of stuff for the minor breach, which I think is what both of these are going to be cl- classified as. Um, I, from reading between the lines and, and what everyone's saying in the paddock, it sounds like the Aston one re- it really is a minor breach. Um, there's a bit of a question mark over how exactly any Red Bull breach, if it is confirmed, will, will be could, can be classified as the as a minor one because some people, you know, what the speculations like in the paddock. Some people are suggesting it is much more than than five percent of uh, of the budget, but ultimately we will only know if there is a breach at all, when the FIA confirms it, and they will make it public because this sort of thing um, is a requirement to be transparent. It's not even just, you know, the usual lip service from the FIA and President Mohammed Ben Salayem that they're going to be super transparent. It, they, they, it's enshrined, I believe, in the regs that they have to disclose uh, any any actual breach. But basically, if it goes as we expect and they're both done as minor breaches, then the range of penalties starts as something as menial as a reprimand, which obviously... To be honest, if you're looking at millions of pounds over the budget cap and you give them a reprimand, we might as well tear out the financial regulations and let everyone do a complete free-for-all because that would be an absolute joke. Um, but then there's sort of escalating ones. Mark, as Mark talked about, you can have 
championship influence in one influencing penalties like a driver's points penalty or a team's points penalty for the season in which the breach occurred that would be 2021 if Red Bull was guilty and they decided that they wanted to punish Max Verstappen and deducting points they could change the outcome of the world championship as Mark said that is absolutely I don't think anyone realistically expects that to be the case then you have other stuff like um, suspension from stages of events but not the race I can't imagine anyone will be happy if Max Verstappen's not allowed to take part in FP2 for the rest of the season or anything like that. Um, and then, I, so then we get to what I think is the most realistic and most sensible course of action for the FIA, where you have the option of imposing restrictions on aerodynamic testing and other thor- other forms of testing, and also a reduction in future budget caps. And this was suggested to me at the start of the day when all this was being kicked off, and I thought it was a really nice idea. A combination of reducing someone's aero testing allowance so less wind tunnel time and taking away from their future budget cap would be a really nice way of saying okay look we know that we don't really want to go into the messy route of changing results from the past we don't want to interfere with the current season but what we are going to do is hit these people where it hurts and that we're going to compromise their future performance in a way that's actually broadly measurable with the offence they committed in the first place if someone's five million dollars over the budget cap one year take five million off their cap for the following year and also wipe 10 percent, 15 20 percent off of their wind tunnel allowance you, you're gonna you're not gonna deliberately break the budget cap and you're gonna go uh, again if you, if you get hit with that and you're also gonna go through absolute all lengths you can to avoid accidentally breaching the budget cap if you're hit with that so that to me feels like a a strong enough middle ground that that would it, it would hurt any team that breaches it, but it wouldn't be as Mark said draconian because ultimately I think we're all just about getting over the ghosts of Abu Dhabi 2021. The scars are just about healing for the majority of people. These are, the, if Red Bull is guilty of this, it is going to it's going to open all of that up again, and they're going to be. We I already saw some of the stuff that was trending on Twitter in the wake of this. And I know it's going to make people question the validity of the 2022 championship, 2021 championship, sorry, all over again. But ultimately I think the attitude will be what's done is done. What's in the past is in the past. Let's punish these people in the future because that's where it will hurt them. Now, assuming Mark that these breaches are as expected, people will argue, well, all the teams or at least all the teams who are on the cost cap will be interpreting the regs as favourably as they can do. Obviously, the financial regs are fairly extensive, but there's always some push and pull in terms of how you define it. I always remember that when the wind tunnel restrictions first came in and how everyone started to redefine what counted as wind tunnel testing in terms of whether it was when you're actually data gathering, you don't count the time when the uh, when the wind tunnel is getting up to speed, etc. And suddenly everyone was able to do continuous wind tunnel testing again when that wasn't the intent. So isn't this just the natural process when this cost cap comes in, people would push it and all teams will have done it to a greater or lesser extent. Yes, and only it's only a problem for those teams which are um coming down to a budget cap. There's there's quite a few teams which aren't at the budget cap and weren't at the current budget cap before. So it's not a problem for those guys. But the competitive entities that teams are will obviously try to find competitive advantage anywhere. And this is um, no different really from um, you know, how you interpret a, t- a technical regulation, how you read it, what, what, is, um, what is defined and how, how could that be interpreted in a way that um, allows you to get as much performance on the car as possible. That's, that's always the end goal. And yeah, it, it isn't really, it, it isn't so surprising, but 
especially given that its newness means it's very ambiguous. It's not like a a technical regulation or even a, a well-established sporting regulation. This is the first time this type of regulation has ever been attempted. So, yeah, by definition, there's going to be all sorts of ambiguities. And as those teams which are at or near the budget cap are, are, are trying to get under it, they, they're going to try and do so in the most you know advantage, advantageous way as possible. Um, yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> – you could almost have predicted it um, when the, uh, the system was announced. Well, then, of course, there's always the thing that you talked about on a recent podcast of competitive paranoia that comes in as well. And people will always feel that the opposition's doing this kind of thing. So I guess it's inevitable there'll be something. But there's, there's something very tangible that is coming on this, as we understand. So that's why this is quite so significant. We'll get back to the pod in a moment. But first, a word about our partner, Grammarly. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. And Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. I know from experience that Grammarly can help you save time on any writing task and ensure you feel confident about what you've produced. In fact, 96% of Grammarly's users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing, and their tone suggestions can help you navigate even the most difficult work conversations. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at grammarly.com forward slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said done. Scott, what, if anything, have the others been saying about it, as in those who are not having the finger pointed at them? Um, well, unsurprisingly, I think some people have been a bit more careful than, than, than others. I think there's been a general cautiousness not to um, not to talk about Red Bull specifically, because obviously these are only suspicions and paddock rumour, because the, the process hasn't closed. There's been nothing official. Red Bull, as I said... They refute it, and Christian Horner has been absolutely adamant that um, that this this will all have come from somewhere, and we should pay it no mind because um, it's it's all with the FAA, and they're just taking their time, and they'll do a proper job, and they definitely didn't spend over the budget cap, so there's no story here. But let's see because um, this is a this is a proper no smoke without fire um, situation because everyone, like I said, I described it as an open secret, and I think that's what it is between a bunch of the teams. Um, unsurprisingly. Uh, Red Bull's chief rivals are seriously unhappy. I don't think we've had anything on the record from Ferrari so far, but off the record, they do seem to be very, very concerned about the potential that this has had on the 2022 season. I think they feel that if Red Bull has exceeded the budget cap, then they've used that. That that explains why they weren't more on the back foot at the start of 2022, having developed the 21 car all the way to the end of the season. Um, So they're angry about that. Mercedes has talked about it as a three-year punishment because obviously it hurts... um, it hurts the teams that played by the rules effectively in 21, 22 and potentially 23 as well. The idea being that if you 
Uh, if you were in breach in 2021 and you had a system in place that allowed you to breach the rules in 2021, then why on earth should anyone think that you aren't breaching them in 2022 as well? Because the cost caps only got smaller and the expenses have got greater because obviously we've had completely brand new cars for this year, new technical regulations that meant the spend at the end of 21 and the start of 22 was greater, but also the spend through the year is greater because you're developing to an all new rule set. So why, why, why not believe that therefore more money is being spent than should this year, which means that they've got an advantage in 2022. And that means they've also having to make less of a compromise for 2023. And then it's only by 2023 that you actually get everything under in order. That that's the fear that, that Toto Wolf has, um, has presented. And I think we've also heard noises from various unsurprisingly midfield teams, smaller teams that were really advocating this budget cap because they, they knew it was their chance to have a level playing field. And I think they feel that at the first opportunity, there's been a potentially a a deliberate attempt to undermine it. You don't know. It could just be a complete accident, um, misinterpretation or difference and clashing interpretations. And therefore someone holds their hand up and goes, sorry, thought it was to be done this way. Realize we can't do that anymore. Won't do that again. But I think everyone is aware that the integrity of the budget cap is at stake here. Uh, the, the, the way the FIA handles this, to come back to something Mark said before, this either reinforces the budget cap and enshrines it as a key part of F1's fabric for years to come, or I think it could fatally undermine it. And this sort of thing was always coming. There was always going to be a test case. Remember when it was first formally announced, Ross Braun said that these regulations have teeth which they do potentially, but then it's a question about whether they're really being used. And I guess that's the crux of this, isn't it? We'll have whatever punishment there is, and then we'll have all the backbiting about whether rivals think it's fair or unfair, or it'll force teams to start doing their own clever interpretations. And of course, anything they do in terms of accepting certain parts of a submission that may possibly be over the cost cap sets a precedent, doesn't it? So it could push costs up for other teams, because even though the cost cap figure doesn't change the way you're classifying things might. So it's it's a real minefield, isn't it? Because there's multiple things that have to be satisfied. And this cost cap is absolutely central to Formula One's future. Yeah. I mean, it's it, the, the whole concept of the cap, which was, you know, um, it was Liberty that got their, their, their arms around it. It's something that Formula One had been trying to do on and off for a couple of decades. Um, and it was always thought to be impossible. And they've actually grasped the nettle and, and plowed on and, and, and you know put it in place. But, um, yeah, there's always going to be a, a test case, as uh, Scott said, and uh, it's, it's here, and this is it. And so, yeah, they've got to be very careful how they handle this. Um, no, but I don't think anybody within the sport wants to see anybody seriously damaged by it but i think that does that does have to be a a consequence if it's uh, more than a, a, a trifling if, if it's found to be more than a trifling amount um beyond the cap there has to be seen to be a penalty and it has to, it has to sting a little bit i would have thought um to keep the others uh, in check and it you know in order that it's clarified what you know, you've got a, you've got a clearer defi- definition of exactly what is required going in the future. Well, I think just to like bring together two things that I think you've both touched on now, which is that that element of it needing to have teeth, as Ross Braun put it, at the end of, of 2019. Um, and just the fact that with, with where the 
with where the budget cap has, has has got to that the fact that it was always going to be challenged and it it's got a bit of a vague framework and vague penalties but that was always the point it was meant to be the vagueness of the penalties that effectively gave the the regulations teeth because it was meant to be the fear of the unknown that mm. that was the deterrent if if you knew what the penalty was you can game the system you can decide whether it's a cost worth paying if it's points if it's money um whatever it is if it's a champion if it's a constructors championship disqualification but you think doing this is going to help you in the drivers championship for example you can always play this kind of thing so the unknown is sort of what f1's been rely f1 and the fia have been relying on up until now but very soon it's not going to be an unknown anymore we're going to have a precedent or at the very least it seems like we're going to have a a precedent you know williams got fined twenty five thousand dollars just for missing a deadline um on submitting their their thing so and it, obviously it's not going to be only a twenty five thousand or a hundred thousand dollar fine if you've gone millions over but that unknown is about to be removed and therefore this precedent is really really important because we are going to have that um we're going to have that mystery replaced by something tangible and the tangible thing has to be as deterring if not more than the mystery was. So the way they play this is is really, really important. I know it probably sounds like we're massively over-egging it and over, overstating the value of this, but if this is going to be resolved in the next few days, then genuinely, I think what the FAA decides to do, if there is a breach, is the sort of thing that can have seismic consequences for F1 if it's not the right kind of response. If they nail it or get close to nailing it, then I think the cost cap is going to be proven to be robust and it's going to be fit for purpose anything short of that and like i said i I just think the whole thing falls apart everything we've talked about so far is is rooted in what we know is happening but let's drift a little bit into something a little bit speculative mark because i want to hark back to something you wrote at the beginning of the year which was uh, entitled the f1 cost caps loopholes and likely flashpoints where you pointed to a few of the areas where a team might be able to if they were minded to try and be clever with their cost cap submissions try and and take advantage so we don't know what red bull are supposed to have done but if you were a team looking for areas to make gains what are the potential gray areas you could prize open or loopholes you could try and argue i guess the most obvious one is is suppliers and um you know if uh who, who how do you class who is a supplier and which parts have been made by suppliers and which parts have been made by you. And, um, you know, you, you may have 2000 people working at a factory, but they may not all be directly employed by that factory. Um, so this is all have to, this, this, this is what I mean by each team is structured very differently. Each team is unique in its structure. And this is why it is such a tricky thing to form regulations for because no, no no two teams are structured in the same way and that's that's where all the nooks and crannies will be and and, and the, the bigger and more diverse the the team and the more branches it has and it's got R&D it's got automotive it's got you know other um, areas of sport maybe, maybe you know um, boat racing whatever it, it they're all potential avenues for getting around um, where you're actually spending the money and how you're accounting for the money that is being spent. And of course, when it comes to a team like Red Bull, 
those who want to point the finger will argue that it's a, it's a relatively complicated organisation because they don't outsource a great deal. Obviously, they've made a virtue of bringing as much as they can in-house, but they've got Red Bull Racing, they've got Red Bull Technology, they've got the powertrains division that's been set up relatively recently. So you could argue there's opportunities in that. I mean, Scott, is this going to be what it really comes down to? actually understanding the little tricks and closing off the key ones. Will the FIA be thinking, well, actually, we'll let this go, but we will use this as a platform to tighten up these little bits and pieces and say, no, you can't do that, you can't do that, then sell that to any of the other teams who are annoyed and say, look, this is for the greater good? Uh, I, It's very, very difficult to know without having the details, but let's... Um removing team names from it just because I don't want to try and attribute uh I don't want to make it sound like there's like a false accusation being attributed to someone but let's say let's say a team has committed a material breach they've gone eight nine million dollars over the over the cost cap uh but they argue that actually the way that they do their accounting practices they they weren't over the cost cap at all but the FAA, upon further scrutiny, determines that while there was an element of room for interpretation, some some areas were much clearer than others. Therefore, they can understand why a few million there is unaccounted for, but the but the whole amount is is it would be nonsense to just write that off. And that's where I can see the a potential compromise coming, where the FIA says, okay, even though you've outspent. We, you could argue you've outspent by eight or nine million. We're going to do you for outspending by five or six because that's what we're absolutely emphatic. You have misinterpreted, deliberately or otherwise, the financial regulations, and that's where that's where I think coming back to the reality of what we're we're dealing with here. That's where I think maybe some of the talk about whether Red Bull has or hasn't gone over a minor or material breach or not. Um, it's all going to come down to exactly how you've interpreted it. But I think where the FIA will. I would assume, anyway, um, be be fairly uh, fairly strict about it. Is that if if because it's a big if the Red Bull submission is based on a generous interpretation of how stuff is priced or who supplied what or whatever it is, then while while every organisation is unique, what are the chances of only one team? interpreting the regs and the way you disclose disclose your accounts or whatever it is in a way that's totally different to the other eight teams eight or nine teams if Aston Martin haven't done it in a particularly egregious way either if I just I I understand that you could argue that with a technical regulation for example like the Aston Martin rear wig end plate solution that we've seen this year those are genuinely unique interpretations of technical regulations sometimes one team genuinely does see the regulations in the way that no other team does I would be really surprised with the financial regulations if that's possible. So I just can't see how the FAA could shrug this off and say, "Ah, oh, well, we appreciate that one of you's found some loopholes or a grey area. We'll let this one slide. Don't do it again." That kind of a financial equivalent of "We'll let you do it one year, but don't do it again." That I can't see how other teams would possibly let that go. I think uh, to use a phrase that the uh, automotive and sport journalist Michael Schmidt used because he was one of the first people to report this story, if not the first person to report this story, he said that there could be earthquakes in F1 around this. And I think that would be one of them. If the FAA tried to say, or the FAA came to the conclusion that, ah, okay, everyone else hasn't done it this way, you have, we accept that we maybe could have been a bit clearer so you can do it once. 
Mer- like the likes of Merck and Ferrari aren't going to accept that for obvious reasons because they're direct competitors. But the smaller teams aren't going to accept it either because then the entire like going back to the same point they made at the beginning, the fabric of what they have bought into with the budget cap would be would be torn apart. So I just can't see how they can make a particularly grand concession again if they determine that there has been a breach. Well, this is the big question, and we know the dialogue will be going on behind the scenes between the FIA and teams about this. It won't just be made public and then everyone tries to deal with the the cast. The thing we should just absolutely underscore is it's not been formally put out there. It's well known that there is something there, but we don't know the details. We can't look at what Red Bull may or may not have been done and make a call on it because we don't know. And the financial regulations are extensive, so there's lots and lots and lots of technicalities and details that need to be dug into. So it won't be until those certifications come out and any punishments are uh, are made public that we really know what we're dealing with. But yeah, a very, very delicate time for, for Formula One when it comes to the future of the cost cap, which is absolutely critical to F1's future. It's that plus the fact that they improved the way the distribution of the prize money was done between the teams that set the financial playing field to a more level state than it's been for a probably forever. And that needs to stay in place for the long term if we want to see things levelling out on track. Well, thanks very much, Scott Mitchell and Mark Hughes, for your insights. Do head to therace.com and don't forget the hyphen for further updates on this story. I'm sure there's going to be lots more comments about it during the weekend. And of course, we'll have coverage of the rest of the Singapore Grand Prix weekend. And if you'd like F1 news notifications, download our app. Simply search for the Race Media app in your store of choice. We're turning our attention now to what should be a fascinating weekend on track, so stay with us on the Race F1 podcast for everything you need to know from the Singapore Grand Prix. The Athletic.